The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hoopball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust with my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the national championship game, Tuesday night NBA, Thursday night, and everything in between. And you know me. I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my sportsbook is the best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up in a promo code HOOPBALL and get your deposit matched away halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, thank you all for joining me. My name is Lawrence Brooks. This is the Hoopball Mavericks podcast, and we are back at it after a nice eventful week of basketball for these Mavericks. I mean, Wednesday obviously was a letdown. Today's Friday. They played yesterday, and we just had an interesting week where it was just sandwiched in between two really good wins and then one dud. So I've already spoken on the Utah win, but I'll briefly touch on the Houston win or the Houston loss, excuse me, and what kind of what I saw. Um, for me, it really wasn't anything more than they took. This was kind of a trap game. And it's it's funny because you wouldn't think that it would be a trap game in the sense that they've already beat the Utah Jazz, who were number one in the Western Conference. And that's the barometer. That's who you're gearing up for. That's who you want to stack up against and see how well you can do. However, Playing against the Bucks, who is also a title contending team, although they were missing Giannis Antetokounmpo, that was still a game that they were looking to win. On top of that, I'm sure they were looking to bounce back after such a loss, such a bad loss to Houston. And that snapped a five-game winning streak. Um, they shot really bad. The energy was poor. It really looked like a game where, where the Mavericks just really took them for granted. And thought that they would just come out and get a win no matter what the situation was. And that was actually the complete opposite. This game was competitive all throughout. I didn't feel like Luka stepped up and put this game away like he should have. If you look at his body language in that game, it just did not look the same from when they played Utah. The activity level on defense did not look the same from when they played Utah. And I just think that they were gearing up for the Bucks, who was also another big team. And it just seems like this team seems to have one of those one of those games where you just have a letdown, or they've had a few of those this season where it, where it should have been a gimme and they didn't quite get it. And just to be nitpicky here a little bit, Porz—I mean, not Porzingis, excuse me. Luca has a tendency to just not look like he has that extra juice when they're playing lower level competition. So you got the Houston Rockets coming in who who are like 2 and 20 something in their last 26 27 games and they're just they've just been abysmal. And so you thought that they would come in and handle business, but this was actually the complete opposite. B- going into this game, 
They had Dallas had five guys shooting over 42% from three. And so you had Luca, who's been shooting almost 44% from three. Dorian Finney Smith, who's shooting at like 47% almost. Jace, or, uh, Josh Richardson was shooting at 64%. You had Brunson shooting at 47%. You even had um, Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting 40% from three. All of these guys have been scorching hot from the three-point line. And in this game, as a team, I mean, as a team, they shot t- horribly. They shot 25% from the three-point line. You got three of six from Dorian Finney-Smith, but everybody else, but the main guys, Luca's one for nine. You got uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's three for nine, isn't that bad. Jalen only took one of two, but overall, they just weren't ready to score or re- or came ready to play this game and being completely dialed in. So as a team, collectively, they shot 10 of 39 from the three-point line, which is a far cry from how they were were shooting the ball prior to this game. So that's already there. And then when you add the fact that Houston is one of the worst teams offensively and deficiency and defensively from an efficiency standpoint, there was no reason for them to lose this game. So it was just a complete letdown. Should not have happened. But, you know, they had to move on. <clears throat> you even had quotes from Porzingis, who actually had one of the better games. And as he came in and he had a double-double, he had 23 points, 12 rebounds, but he did not shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. And he had kind of a cryptic message about his looks. And so as a guy, I, and and you guys all know, I am a Porzingis supporter. So I like the fact that he was a little upset. Considering he's the second score, second leading scorer on this team, there's no reason why he should not have had more shot attempts. Absolutely. I mean, he had 19 in this game, but with the game hanging in the balance, and it being a very winnable opportunity, and the Houston Rockets didn't have anyone that can check him. Why would you not give him the basketball? He should be. He sh- if there if things aren't going through Luca in the fourth quarter, they should absolutely go through Porzingis at whatever rate you want it to happen. Um, Luca was nine of twenty six in this game. He shot thirty four percent from the field overall. He was a minus seven in this game. It just was bad. He had five turnovers. Just. A complete abomination of a game and it's just one of those games where you flush it and forget it and you just have to move on it's a bad loss but things happen you're gonna lose games in this league but you have to come ready to play and again with them being in the situation they're in they need every win they can get so there's no time for just dropping games just for the sake of dropping games however they're still seven games over over 500 they're at 29 and 22 overall and they're in seventh place with the opportunity to move up if they continue to win so, you know, that's just something that they'll have to work on moving forward. And like I said, you just flush it and forget it. But on to the Mav- or to the Bucks game. I was proud about how the Mavericks played in this game overall. Let's just start there. When you watch this game, the energy level was back. They actually played like they wanted to win the basketball game. Like they like we know they can play. And another quick note before I move on to the Bucks, really quick. One thing I have to note: the fact that they let Kelly Olynyk have a season high and re- or a career high in rebounds with 18 tells you all you need to know about the Houston Rockets game. Completely fell asleep at the wheel and they lost that game. But I won't, I won't dwell on it. It's over with. Got to move on. But if you want to know kind of how things went, look at that for a guy Kelly Olynyk who is a 
Um, known three-point shooter. He's a stretch big that is not trying to rebound whatsoever. For him to end up with 18 rebounds is just unexplainable. But anyway, moving on to the Bucks. So in this game, first of all, I was really happy because Porzingis played his first back-to-back in over two months. So that's that's a really good sign of his health and how they want to and how they're looking at his playing time moving forward. Obviously, with the games getting more and more valuable each day as we wind down, he's going to have to play more. So it was good to see. And for him to respond in the way he did, he had a season high in rebounding in this game against the Milwaukee Bucks, which I love because you guys know I'm always talking about the rebounding aspect for the for the Mavericks. And I know some of it is because of the style of play. They spread the floor. They normally have at least four guys surrounding the perimeter. So there's not a lot of guys banging under the basket to get rebounds and um, able to able to, to control the glass like that. So I get it. But at the same time, they have to be a better rebounding team. If they have any aspirations of making a strong playoff push, they're going to have to rebound the basketball. And it's something that's been problematic for them majority of the year it hasn't been one of their strong suits so i've i've noted it every game and many of the games i I don't have the stats in front of me but the games that they do um, win the rebounding battle they've won majority of those games i'll have to look that up and bring that to you guys next podcast but for this game porzingis for a guy who was a little upset about his lack of involvement the prior game for him to come back and respond with 26 points 17 rebounds two blocks and he was 10 of 20 from the field. He really came and, and was locked in on his assignment and what he wanted to do in terms of getting this win. And overall, they played better. I mean, they they were 17 of 45, 37% from the line. So that's much more improved than the 25% they shot against Houston. But they also just defended at a high rate. And they just came ready to play. Kristaps uh, made all four of his threes in the fourth quarter. He had opportunities. And... While I'm speaking on rebounding, the Mavs have 15 offensive rebounds. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's not uh, something that is very indicating in terms of the type of energy level they came with in this game, because like I said, they're fresh off of a game where they gave up 18 rebounds to a guy who does not necessarily rebound the ball all that much. Um, not a bad rebounder, but certainly you don't want to give up a career high in rebounding to a guy who isn't rebounding at that type of rate so for them to bounce back and for them to respond in the manner in which they did in particular Porzingis really shows some resolve really shows a guy who's who I feel like he has a little bit of dog in him and I think every team needs that I think even when you go back to the bubble he was ready to fight not that he needs to fight and I'm certainly not promoting violence or Um, any type of altercations because these guys are more valuable on the floor than off the floor. But just the fact that he's able to stand up for himself, stand up for teammates, not take any crap when he doesn't feel like he's involved. I like like him being a little edgy. Every team needs guys who are a little edgy. And if it happens to be one of your top players, then so be it. So I love the fact that that happened. But the offensive rebound is something I was extremely proud of because because that shows me that he's engaged in the game. And while they they won the rebounding battle 56 to 42 to 52 and they won this game. So that just goes to show you what that does for this team. They held the Bucks to 38% shooting. Again, there was no there was no um Giannis Antetokounmpo. So 
you also have to keep that in consideration. But Dorian Finney-Smith has been on a tear defending guys. I don't know if everyone's noticing, but people should start noticing. I mean, on Monday night, he held Donovan Mitchell to 6 of 23 shooting. Some of that was just bad shooting on Donovan, but Dorian Finney-Smith has something to do with that as well. And then you go into last night's game, and he held Chris Middleton to 6 of 27. 6 of 27. So if you can hold their one of going into that game, he was clearly going to be their leading scorer. If you can bottle him up, that's going to give you an incredible opportunity to win the game. And that was good to see. And I think he deserves kudos for that because this team doesn't have a ton of defense as is. And being, Dorian Finney-Smith being one of the guys that they hang their hat on, that was good to see. And it's, and it's good to see that he's under the radar playing some really good defense for a team that's been one of the better teams in the NBA since they've come back and got their feet in the ground from COVID. Josh Richardson in this game kind of came back crashing down to earth. He was 0 of 6 on his threes. He's missed his last 12. And like I just told you guys, going into the Houston game, he was shooting 64% from the three-point line. These are all high-volume three-point shooters. So it's not like this is on like three or four attempts per game. These guys are shooting the ball a lot from the three-point line and we enjoyed the Josh Richardson ride while he had it but in this but in this game that's two games in a row where he just hasn't shot the ball that well he was 0 for 6 from the three-point line he did have a couple of good takes to the basket he was active on defense he had two steals and one block he was 6 of 16 overall from the field you'd love to get that up I still love his involvement but geez if we can get him to shoot the ball a little better from three that would be great because whenever he does it's a good it's a it's actually a good thing for the team and when he scores in double figures a lot of the times the Mavericks are winning the games again I don't have those stats in front of me but I know majority of the time when he's in double figures it equals a Mavs win so I was happy to see so I was happy to see that he was involved as well Luca had almost a triple double in this game with 29 27 points nine assists nine rebounds he had four turnovers and some of those turnovers were Part of the Bucks coming back in this game a little bit because one thing that the Mavs have shown they can do, they can they can put up a lead and then they can give it away quickly. But in this game, he was able to recoup in the fourth quarter, made a couple of good plays with Porzingis on a on pick and pop situations. He hit two threes to get back in this game or put really put this game out of reach. So it was good to see. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a decent game, not great. Um, he had 12 points. He was 4 of 11 from the field. Jalen Brunson didn't play well, but they didn't need it from everybody because when you when you both when your two top horses play the way they did, it's a good. It's actually really really um, bodes it well in your favor for winning a game. And they got Maxi Kleber back in this game, who was kind of a Swiss Army knife guy who can kind of defend you know bigger guys, but can at, at the same time keep smaller guys in front of him, not necessarily stop them. But he was 4 of 8 from the field. Four of seven from the three-point line. He had 12 points and five rebounds and two steals. And one of them was a last heave So, <laughs> to uh, towards the end of the game. So it's not as if, you know, one of, one of his shots wasn't a competitive shot. It was just to get rid of it. And he just, happened to, just so happened to make it. But he's a valuable commodity to this team. He's another guy who is labeled as a defender. So he'll be needed on a nightly basis. But it was good for them to get a bounce back win. They sandwiched this week in between beating Utah, losing to Houston, then beating the Bucks. Two very, very good teams who were who were title contending teams at at best for, you know, whoever sees the, how this season is going to unfold. Both of those teams will be 
toward probably in the final four, so to speak, of teams that are vying for a spot in the finals. So the Mavericks have shown that they can beat top tier talent. They just have to continue to beat the guys that you got to take care of business against. And so if they can do that, they should be just fine. And they might even be able to move up in the standings. But as, as it goes right now, they're in seventh place. They're one game behind the Trailblazers for sixth place. So they just have to keep winning, keep plugging wins, keep trying to, to uh, get as, stack as many of these wins as possible, especially when it's against the Western Conference. They have the Spurs on Sunday, and so they get a couple of days off, which is good, and then they're right back at it. So let's hope that they can continue to win. That game's at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And, we'll, and uh, the keys to victory there will be as long as Luka can show up, Porzingis take advantage of his opportunities. They don't have a lot of front court depth. Jacopoto cannot defend Porzingis. I don't even know if that's going to be his assignment. Um, I'm sure they'll put someone different on him, but they want to spread the ball out and they want to attack with their guards. And that's that works well for the Mavericks because they have bigger guards and they can actually take advantage of some of these matchups. And Luka and Porzingis both have really plus matchups considering who will be defending them. It probably will be DeJounte Murray guarding Luka that should be a, a, a cakewalk for him in the sense that he should be able to do what he wants as an elite playmaker and scorer. And Porzingis, another guy who's a 7'3 big who can stretch the floor and do everything. He ha- he is the truest sense of a unicorn, and he's been defending the rim at a high level. So this is another game that they should win, but you have to come out and get things done. So that's all I got for these two games um, as as we move into the weekend and get into, you know, as we get closer to these playoffs, these games are going to count more and more. So I'm excited. I'm glad that they're on they're they're in a position to where they don't have to hopefully play with the play-in game if they can move up to 6. But you got to get more wins. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So thank you guys for listening. Continue to subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. Um, leave a five-star review. Let me know how you like the podcast. Again, you can find us on Twitter at LBSetIt and also at Hootball Mavs, Hootball Mavericks, excuse me. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. Let's get a win on Sunday against the Spurs. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.